Welcome to the Covenant Life Center podcast. We're so thankful that you chose to listen to this message. To get more connected with us, you can look us up on all social media at CLC Victoria and download our app. Now, here's this week's message. Bless the service today. Bless the word today. God, we ask you to move today. We ask you to minister. God, use me today in a great way so we can hear great things. Bless us today, God, with even signs and wonders following. Father, if anyone needs a healing and deliverance in their life, then, Lord, let it happen today. This is your church. We want your will. You do what you want to do in Jesus' name, and everyone say amen. 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 Turn around to somebody and tell them whose identity do you have, whose identity do you have. Now give the Lord one strong hand clap of praise before you're seated. Come on. Come on. Tell them. Thank you, Lord. I receive it. I know today is one of those light the fires in the fireplace kind of day and get you some movies on. Like, I don't know if you already start watching Christmas movies, throw on some elf, Christmas story, whatever it is. And so this is a cozy season. Don't get too cozy in church, okay? Strange things. We've been talking about strange things. I think it's very strange for this generation to pick examples out that they see in Hollywood and movies and in the music industry. And I've been talking about this a whole lot lately because the real issue in our generation and the influence is happening right now stronger than ever before. Stronger than ever before, this generation is being taught how to treat authority through the violence, the rebellion, through the stands that they take on in moral and moral values and so people are always looking for someone to follow no matter how old or young you are you're you're always going to find somebody that you want to be like when i was younger i always found somebody i wanted to be like in fact this time of the year that's what it's all about really for one day Last Wednesday night, we had a uh, little little costume party for the children over there, and, and I saw all kinds of characters come out from back there. I saw Spider-Man. I saw Batman. So I think I saw the Incredible Hulk. I'm not, I'm not sure. Um, I saw princes. I saw princesses. Um, children have the imagination of finding someone to identify with and becoming like. My son wore a baseball outfit for, after Altuve. So he was, a, he was an Astros player last Wednesday. And, and I wish I can play as good as he can, but I can't. So kids just find heroes. But I think my kids follow me to a certain extent. I think at some point they admire things about me that I feel like a hope that God's instilled in me that they can carry on. I hope before I pass and before I pass this life to the next, I pray that my kids will look and remember the things that daddy did. I hope they will remember the prayer life and I hope they would remember me being faithful to the house of God and I hope they would remember me wanting to serve and love God's people. I, I pray that that, that that legacy would carry on. And that's really what we live for. 
That's really what we live for, at least in my family, and that our children one day would carry a strong legacy. And if there's anything that needs to be set right now for us, what we need to set, we need to set an example for this generation, our children, other people's children too. Some of you are teachers. You have the most awesome responsibility of leading children every single week and being the godly example that God's called you to be. Not be religious towards them, but love them. Be kind to them. Be long-suffering with them. I know there's a time to, there's a, you know, there's a time that everyone has to be disciplinarians. But I think most of us have been given positions in life to be the best influence we can be. Um, someone's going to follow you is my point. You are a leader, and you don't even know it. Everything I do, looking behind me, are smaller footsteps. Now to my oldest son, bigger footsteps. I was standing beside me the day Caleb was standing next to me, and he was tall, and I said, my Lord, son, what happened to you? He said, I know, Dad, you look like a midget standing next to me. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> I wouldn't say this is my mini-me, but he has to say it to me. But there's one thing that boy knows how to do, that boy knows how to pray. Taught him that since he was a baby. So we have a responsibility still. I still have a nine-year-old. I got a responsibility to make sure that I'm following after Jesus so he can follow after the Jesus in me. So what I'm saying is, is that in our households, we have to begin to take responsibility. One of our core values of this church is family. Whether you have children or you have a spouse, either way, you're going to lead somebody. To all the men that are in the building, I'm going to tell every man here, whether you want to be or not, you are a leader. You're a leader for this generation. You're a leader that represents God's authority in the earth. To every mother that's here or every future mom that's here, you are a leader. You're a leader in love and servanthood and, and just humility and also wisdom. The wisdom that comes from my wife sometimes, I just tell you, she's gotten me out of more trouble and more rock and hard places than I can bear to even tell you. I'm not ashamed to tell you that I, I don't have it all together. And I, that's why God gave me a good wife. I mean, some of you need to kiss your wife on the cheek right now and tell her, thank you for your wisdom. Thank you for telling me things when I didn't know what to do. It's all right, kiss your wife. And you may now kiss the bride. You got a kiss on the lips anyhow. Don't, don't take the people that are helping you leave, lead for granted in your life. There are certain people that God has sent you into your life to be there with you, to help you. This is completely different from the 830 service, but I'm following the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God, to tell somebody in this place that there ought to be only one example you and I should follow, and that's Jesus Christ. He'll never fail you. He'll never mislead you. He'll never misguide you. He always has the right answers. He always knows exactly what you have need of. And he can talk. If we will listen, he will, he will guide us and direct us if we're willing to be led. The Spirit of God inside of us was meant to lead us, guide us, direct us, and help us. He said he'd never leave us or forsake us. 
And so in this one moment, we find ourselves, we find all of ourselves, we find ourselves in this one moment where we're going to identify the identity that God's given us or the identity of someone else. To think that someone else's identity is going to get us what we need. To think that if we act like somebody else, dress like somebody else, laugh like somebody else, pick up their sense of humor, or pick up their vernacular, that's not a hat. It's a way of speaking. If we pick up some things from other people that, that we're going to be able to be liked and loved and accepted, that's not how it works in the kingdom of God. I think everyone needs to be likable, and I think everyone needs to be kind. I think everyone needs to be loving, but not everyone needs to be like somebody else. There is, a, there is a plan that God's given for you in your life. There is an identity that God has given you. Unfortunately, the only way that Rebekah figured that Jacob can receive the blessing was to dress him up like Esau. Now, listen, they were twins, two totally different twins. One was hairy and one was smooth. That's what the Bible says. In fact, the Bible says that, that when... When Jacob was to go inside the tent and present the goat that was, I mean, listen, when, when something doesn't taste good to me, I, I grab and reach for the A1 or the, or the ketchup. Apparently, this goat had a lot of seasoning and sauce on it. It was all about the seasoning and the sauce. And he walks in with this savory food that was supposed to be dear. I need to get off of that. I may be hungry or something. And, and I... And, and, and he walks in, and the mama says, when you walk into daddy, I'm going to put goat skin on your hands and arms. I'm going to put goat skin on the back of your neck. Now, listen, folks, have you ever, petted a, have you ever had the chance to pet a goat? How many of you have ever petted a goat? That dude was hairy. That's all I have to say. Esau was one hairy dude. If daddy were to, if mama said, you're, my God. You know, look at the goat. <laughs> He's got as much hair as Esau does. We'll just put that on your hand. And so he, he dressed up like Esau. He put on the clothes like Esau had. He, uh, he, he just was, I, he be, tried to become something else, and he, and he did for the moment. But mama had to take the place of the food. So when he walked in, daddy looked at him. Isaac looked at him and said, I smell the fields of my son Esau, my firstborn. He said, come closer. And he reached out and found the identity of the firstborn on the secondborn. And with that likeness, he began to stretch out his hands and pray a blessing over him that he would have the favor of God and dominion in his life, that everything would begin, come back, and reciprocate itself. And good things in his life. Good things. In that moment, Jacob walked out afterward. And Esau comes in. And Jacob said, or Esau said, I, I, I've, been, I've been robbed. He took my blessing. Father, bless me. And, and Isaac said, I'm sorry. I've already blessed Jacob. Will pray something for me, just anything for me. And he was able to bless him, but not the same way that Jacob received it. 
And I thought about this so many times, and I thought, man, what a crook. But then I started thinking a little bit deeper and thought, you know what? You and I are not far from Jacob. <laughs> he, was, he, he, he was a second born, had the identity of someone else, the firstborn. Walked in, had a covering in his life from a dead animal. And walked in and was favored by the Father. To think about that a little bit closer, you know, you and I had the lamb that was shed for you and I. His blood covered us. We were born again the second time because we had the former image of the firstborn, our first nature. And because of our new identity in Christ, we walked in and gained favor, gained favor with the Father also. And so there are some things that we can kind of look and associate with. And so you and I could completely understand that when God blessed us the first time in our life, how many of you know that you weren't deserving of it? I mean, we weren't deserving of it, were we? We didn't deserve to be blessed by God, but God came into our life and said, I'm going to bless you anyways. And the one thing that caused him to bless us was because when he looked at us, he saw Jesus. He looked at us and saw Christ. He saw somebody he can identify with. But now we have the legal right to accept the second birth into our life to cause us to be blessed. And I found that a life lived for Jesus Christ, if you don't understand it fully, it's a matter of just time before you allow God. Listen, give God a chance, folks. Give him a chance to prove himself to you. Don't knock it till you have it. tried it and experienced it for yourself. Allow God to come in and prove himself. Listen, he answers prayer. How many of you believe that? He answers prayer. He answers prayer. That was about five of you that believe he answered prayer. He answers prayer. Ten of you. He answers prayer. About 20 of you. He answers our cry. Hears our voice. How many of you have ever had an answered prayer from God? It's not the universe. It's not the universe that just we are corporate with and joining in agreement with. My universe has a name, and it's J-E-S-U-S. All good, all perfect gifts come from above, from the Father of lights. And Jesus was a gift to humanity. He came, gave his life for you and I. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Because you are born again, you walked in the image of the only begotten of the Father. He stretched out his hand and began to bless you and tell you you are now delivered from an impoverished an impoverished, a, a, a life that was fixing to be hindered. And God blessed him. But here's the catch. God, God blessed him through the prayers of his father, through Isaac. And so Isaac blessed Jacob. But Jacob's blessing was a prayer and a blessing of possession. It was a prayer of prosperity in his life, and God began to bless. God began to bless. So I take you years later, years later after he, Jacob works to serve Laban for, for Leah. How many of you know the story? 
He works later to gain favor for himself, for Rachel. He loved Rachel. He got Leah, worked seven more years, 14 years to marry somebody. That's great patience, and that, that's, that's love, folks. But then he has children, and God has multiplied him. He has cattle. He has servants. God, the favor of God is on him for things and possessions. But here's something that happens and something that occurs. He found out right away, and I think we can all relate to this, point number one, a blessed life is not defined by possessions. Only. Mm -mm. A blessed life is not defined by possession. It kind of makes me, listen, I am so for prosperity and favor and financial blessings. Believe me. But I've learned a long time ago, you can drive a nice car and still be miserable. Yes, you can. You can drive a nice car and still, you can live in a nice home and still be unhappy and feel like you're cursed for some reason. Or feel like there's something in your life that, you know, that just takes away your gratitude. Or something that hits you and knocks the breath out and causes you to, lead, to, to, to lose your peace and your joy and the love of God in your life. Uh, prosperity, uh, possession sometimes is a sign of God's blessing, but it's not the only indication of a blessed life. There's more to it. God can care less about your things. He, he wants you to have nice things because you desire to have nice things to live a comfortable life. God wants you to prosper financially so you don't have to think about money, so you can focus on the assignment he's given you. That's what I believe favor is for. I believe favor comes into your life so you can work smarter and not harder. That's, that's just what I believe. I believe that Adam had favor in his life. I've said this a hundred times probably in this church. Adam, before he sinned, Everything worked out better. After he sinned, the ground brought forth thorns and thistles, and there was a snake there to boot. That means it wasn't there before. Adam had everything in cooperation with him, in harmony with him, because he was under the will of God, and God was helping him. God was blessing him. Well, from the fall of humanity, you and I have inherently got a curse in our life because we come from sin. But because of Jesus Christ... Jesus is the one who bore all sin. Will you accept the Lord Jesus Christ in your life? God's only begotten Son. There is something that happens in this universe. Something that happens in this world. That not only will you begin to prosper, but you will begin to have a peace that passes all understanding. I'm telling you, do you know what peace is? Peace is a sign of the reconciliation of God. That's what peace is. Peace is when you have been reconciled back to God. And when you have been reconciled back to God, you are free in your mind to have an enjoyment in your life. And that's where joy comes in. You can't have joy if you don't have peace. Do you understand what I'm saying? And so some of us need some joy, but first you need some peace. You need some things. Well, have you ever wondered why sometimes things don't always work out? You try to do something, it's just not going. Uh, it just like seems like it's something's capping, or you got a ceiling over your life, and everything you try isn't just going. Could it be that God wants us to recognize what life is really about first? Could it be that God wants us to realize that life is more than just possessions? Life is more about promises and relationship with Him.
When you leave, you're not going to take your 401k. You're not going to take your house with you. You're not going to take your Cadillac. You're not going to take anything with you. Guess what? Someone else is going to own that thing. Your children are probably going to sell it so they can get something else for them nice. I don't know what you're going to do or what's going to happen or who you left in your will. All I know is the most important thing right now is to be in the will of God. Somebody give him some hand claps if you believe that. The most important thing is to be in the will of God. And, and so this is what happens. Years later, after he has children, has possessions, there's still one thing lingering in his life. He has a bunch of things. He's blessed. From the natural eye, people look at him and say, well, he's got it together. <laughs> but read, read, read Genesis chapter 32. Genesis chapter 32 says, this is a prayer that Jacob prayed. He said, deliver me, I pray, from the hand of my brother, from the hand of Esau, for I fear him lest he come and attack me. And the mother with the children, what about my family? This blessed man still had one thing lingering in him and around him, and that was a condemning past. You know, the Bible says that before we can move on any further with our sacrifice to God, if we have anything against us or have anything against a brother or sister, we're supposed to go make that right before God will accept your offering or sacrifice. That tells me that you can only go so far, but to really walk in the blessings and the fullness of what God has, you have to forgive. You have to reconcile. You've got to make some things right. You've got to make the past right. The past, make it right. Jacob had that one thing lingering in his life, Esau. He was vexed by it. He was afraid for his life. So what? He lived in another town, but I promise you, you're going to have to go and be in the same town one day. you got to face the past at some time. When God starts to deal with you about the past, something that happened in the past, that's hindering your full blessings, the best thing you and I can do is to be sensitive to the Spirit of God. And if God wants you to repent of it, or if God wants you to ask for forgiveness, or if God wants you to do something, I would do it so fast because that's the one thing that can hinder you. And it doesn't matter if it's a person who won't forgive you, doesn't like you. It doesn't matter. You did what you were supposed to do and God asked you to do. Therefore, you're in the will of God and you're in the favor and the protection of almighty God. That's it. That's it. Now, I don't know who I'm talking to, but this is, maybe this isn't your circumstance, but it could be for somebody, which I believe it is, but this is a principle that should help us think a little bit harder about how we treat people. How we treat people. I don't see how, I, I just couldn't leave a church service like this and go to a restaurant and cuss out a waitress. 
I couldn't leave here. I don't know how you feel about it, but I, now don't turn around. Keep looking straight. Okay, nobody's going to know it's you. I just couldn't leave a church service where I felt the presence of God and get mad at a waitress because she brought you blue cheese instead of ranch. Just say, pick up my pants like. I'm just saying. I couldn't walk out of the presence of God and tongue lash somebody after God's been so good to me. First of all, I'm going to tell you something. If you want to make things right in your life and let God's favor be in your life, you got to go back and apologize. You do. Man, I've had to eat my words, and I'm telling you, my words. Uh, be careful what you say. Be careful the words you use, because one day you may have to eat them. There are some times I've said, never. I would never do that. I ain't doing that. And I have to come back and do that. Because I tried to play the role of God. We all have, haven't we? If, maybe just me, are you... Are you too ashamed? To, I mean, have you ever said to yourself, I ain't got to do that. I don't care if it's in the Bible. You really didn't say, I don't care if it's in the Bible. You just kind of closed one eye, you know, and said, I ain't got to worry about that. All I'm telling you is the church has to be the light of the world. And when hell and your enemies, whoever it is, or a spirit, tries to taunt you, don't try to fight back. Just love them, just forgive them, and move on. Like I'm fixing to move on from this point. Move on. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, you got to forgive and forget. Move on. So Jacob found himself in this predicament, and Jacob was like, God... Don't let my brother get me. Don't let my brother kill me. He is so mad. I, I, I took his blessing and I robbed him from his atole. <laughs> Some of you got it. Oatmeal, porridge. What was it? I don't know. I call it atole. It was, it was it, it, he stole it, his stew. <laughs> he stole his birthright because of hunger. His brother he had a little brother that took everything from him. And now, now, listen to this. You would have thought, you would have thought that God would vindicate Esau even more, but God's hand was on Jacob, and Jacob begged him, begged God, please, God, forgive me. And so, so when God was fixing to give him, see, he was capped out. He was blessed, but God had more. God told him, and here's the more part. Here's the more part. God promised Jacob the same thing he promised Abraham, that he would give him a generation that would be as numerous as the stars of the sky and as numerous as the sand of the seashore. He promised Jacob the same thing. So he asked him to go back into the land that he promised him, but on the way to the promise, there stood Esau. He had to come back and face Esau. Jacob's entire life wasn't built around the promises of possessions. His whole life was built on the next generation and possessing the land. But there was one problem. There was one man that stood there, one hairy man that stood there and said, if you want to get to the promise, you got to first get through me. 
That's a problem. At some point in your life, you always have to go back to something you got to make right first sometimes if you left it undone. That's why, that's why, folks, I'm just telling you, let me give you some advice. I just keep coming back to it. I don't know who I'm talking to, but whenever you have a problem with somebody, I'm going to give you some good advice. Don't let it be a day. Don't let it be an hour. Let it be a moment when you just simply say, you know what? I forgive you. That's okay. I just go ahead. You can have that. You can have that. You can say that. It's all right. You can cuss me out. I forgive you anyways. I'm praying for you. Knock it out right then and there. Don't let it be a weight to you. Don't let it be a weight to you. The strange thing is in the world is that we are geared and made to fight. I mean, listen, I'm Latino. I, I love to fight. And God now made me a lover, so it's all good. The grace of God's been good to me. But, you know, it used to be an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Honestly, how many of you know that, that anybody messed with you? Not you? In my family. I mean, listen, one, one look and the chunkla came off quick. It's on. You know, it, it, it didn't take long. Disrespect me. Latinos are really big on being disrespected. Any, any, any race, whether you're Caucasian, African American, nobody likes to be disrespected. But Latinos are funny that way. If you even look at them wrong, you're like, <laughs> right? What's funny is the other day or something was wrong with our sewage system, uh, drainage system from the house, and the city came in, and they knocked on the door, and they, my kids said, Dad, the, the, the city's at the door. So I, you know, I was ready. I came out. And I guess I don't, I don't know what kind of face I had on me. I guess I was just serious about going out there and meeting with them. So I come out of the door, and I come out like this. <laughs> and there was a, a, a man there. He said, oh, hey, hey, take it easy. <laughs> He said, take it easy. <laughs> I started laughing. <laughs> I have no idea why I told you that story. <laughs> well, I didn't even know why I told you that story. It had nothing to do with what I'm talking about. Oh, okay, hey, here it is, here it is, here it is, here it is. Point number two, when God gives you a future, he gives you a new identity. Jacob didn't have a new identity. He was still called Jacob. Jacob means supplanter or deceiver. So every time somebody called Jacob, they'd literally be saying, hey, supplanter, hey, liar. Hey, deceiver, can you imagine? Can you imagine? Somebody called, that's what, their names meant something back then. Hey, heel grabber. Oh, hey, Jacob. And you're with your friends. Hey, Jacob, come over here. Be careful, he's a mentiroso. Hi. Come over. Be careful. Hi, man, what's going on, my friend? I don't like him, but he's got, he's rich. <laughs> Everyone called him. Everyone called him Jacob the deceiver. 
Now he got tired of the past because he wanted a new future. And so, in order for God to give him a new future, God had to give him a new identity. So he stayed in prayer all night. And when he stayed in prayer, he asked the Lord. Now listen, this comes from a blessed man. I want you to grab this. This comes from a blessed man. He said, a blessed man already, rich. But he prays and he says, Lord, bless me. Bless me. I'm not letting go until you bless me. And the scripture says that the angel of the Lord touched him and the hollow of his thigh right here. And the scripture says that muscle right here on his hip, it shrunk. To this day, the scripture says in the Old Testament, they didn't eat the hip muscle because God shrunk Jacob's. He shrunk it. And now Jacob had a limp. And then the angel said, and I'm going to change your name to Israel. And that interpreted means God prevails. I am giving you a new identity, somebody completely different. I am changing your name. And when people call you now, they're now going to say, hey, God prevails. Come here. God prevails. This is why the nations, the heathen nations were so scared. And that name was so powerful to them at that moment. God called the whole nation of his people Israel. And he said that Israel was his firstborn. Read the Bible. God calls Israel his firstborn, Jacob his firstborn. How could that be? He was born second. No, 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 no. He was born again in the eyes of God. He gave him a new name. You know that's what happened to you and I? Do you realize sometimes, and I think he touched his hip simply because I think, I think, this is my thought, you come up with your own analogy, your own opinion, but my thought process is maybe God gave him a limp so he wouldn't forget where he came from. Every step, I remember the day that God touched me. Oh, it was powerful. The angel touched me on my hip. He shrunk my muscle. He, I, I asked for mercy. He gave it to me. Why do you limp? Why do you limp, Grandpa? Son, I prayed God give me mercy. I prayed that God would give me favor. Your, uh, my brother Esau was coming after me one day. And, and, and I asked God to touch me and deliver me from that. And God did it. See, he didn't forget the past. Have you ever thought maybe sometimes the reason why when God delivers us, we still have scars, we still have issues, we still have things that we deal with, so God will remind us we still need him? You ever think about that? Could it be that God, you know, listen, you, you can cast out a devil, but you can't cast out this flesh. You ever think that God gave us the frailty of humanity just so we can be dependent upon the glory of his presence and dependency? Did, I, did you understand what I just said? It even sounded kind of fancy to me. You ever think that sometimes God allows us to have a remnant or reminder of who we used to be just so we can remember that we need him? Just so we can remember 
and we can remember where God brought us from. I don't know about you, but I remember where he brought me from. I don't even deserve to be up here talking to any of you. I don't deserve to be here today at all, but God has been good to me. I wasn't raised in church. I used to be hooked on drugs. I used to be an alcoholic. I used to be a, a bad person, but God's goodness came into my life, and he changed everything. And uh, You don't see it, but I'm walking with a limp today. I still have some scars from the past, but it's just to remind me of who I really am and what God really brought me to. And here's the marvelous part. But I, my name is Robert Xavier Rivera. My name is Robert Rivera. For all you others out there, people ask me, how do you spell your name? I said, well, it's River Rat without the T or River with the name. My last name is Rivera. But because I've been saved and because he died for me, my real name is Robert Xavier Rivera Jesus. He gave me a new name in my life. He gave me a new identity. I'm not just talking about me. I'm talking about you also. I don't know if you understand this, but you were born again and you wrestled with the Lord to get a new identity in your life, and you asked him one day, Lord, bless me. Bless me. I don't know how to go in. I don't know how to go out. Bless me in the field. Bless me in the city. And the scripture confirms it and says, you are the head and you're not the tail. You are above and not beneath. <coughs> All I'm telling you this Sunday morning is, is that now you have a name that is above all names. See, Jacob needed God to bless him with a better future and deliver him from a horrible past. That's what he needed from God. He wasn't asking him to bless him with more land, bless him with more possessions. He was saying, God, bless me with peace and favor with men. Bless me, God, with a new identity so when people look at me, they'll see a different me. When Jacob, when Esau sees me, he's not going to see Jacob. He's going to see Israel. God prevails. And guess what happened? Jacob said, I want my men to go in front of me. I want there to be cattle to give as an offering. I'm going to give a gift to him. And he said, when I go meet him, I want all those gifts to be preceding me. And when he got there and all the gifts were there and Esau saw all the cattle, all the servants that he wanted to bless his brother with to show kindness and to gain favor with him, even after he was blessed, he, he, Esau said this. He asked Jacob, what, means, what does all this mean? What are you doing? He said, I've done this. This is a gift for you that I might find grace in your sight. Esau said, I don't need none of that. Listen to this. He said, I don't want your possessions. I don't want your gifts. I don't want your things. I just want you to be my brother again. God will help us and bless our efforts if we wrestle with him a little bit. If you wrestle with him a little while, you'll find that you'll gain some favor in your life because who you wrestle with is you give them the authority to influence you and change you. Whatever you wrestle with in your life, you give it permission to influence you and to rub off on you. 
You're never supposed to wrestle with temptation. You're never supposed to wrestle with addiction. You're supposed to wrestle with Jesus and let Jesus take care of everything else. That's the key to Christianity. Who are you wrestling? Turn to your neighbor and look at them and tell them, who are you wrestling with right now? What are you wrestling with? Is there anything in your life that you're wrestling with? Because if you are, you're wrestling, if you're wrestling with the wrong thing, that is what your mind is occupied with. But if you wrestle with Jesus, hey, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with the wings as eagles. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not faint. That's what your Bible says. Your Bible says if you wait on God, you know what that word wait means? In the Hebrew, it literally means, go look it up, intertwined with intertwined with, wrestled with. They that wrestle with the Lord, they that wait upon the Lord will get renewed strength. Renewed strength. Hope in your life. Listen to this. Philippians 2 and 8 says this, and this is something about the name God gave you. This ought to make you happy. And being found in appearance of a man, Jesus humbled himself and became obedient even unto the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, therefore, God also highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow, everything, everything. Everything of those in heaven and those in the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. We take this, put it into a pretense, put it into a, a futuristic mode, or we say this is when the Lord shows up. I believe that scripture does pertain to when God will reveal himself to all humanity every tongue's going to confess it. Every tongue will confess it. But why can't that happen now? Have you ever heard somebody say, you know what? You know, when they saw you, they hadn't seen you in years, they just remember the old you, and then they saw, then, then they saw the new you. And <laughs> I got friends of mine that saw me and they knew who I was, what I was, and what I did. And then they look at me, and they find out I'm a pastor now, and they just say to themselves, there is a God. <laughs> there must be a God to change you, man. I didn't believe like this, folks. I didn't believe everything like this. To me, going into a church like this, listening, especially going into a church where the preacher sounds more excited than anybody else that he's ever heard in his life, and he has nothing to sell. <laughs> he's not at a football game or he's not watching the World Series. He's not, you know, he's happy about Jesus Christ, a, a person he can't even see, a person that doesn't, in his mind, doesn't even exist to him. But I'm going to tell you that God, God, that is the mystery of it. Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ came into the world he came into the world over 2,000 years ago, came in the form of a man, in the form of a servant. He humbled himself even to the point of death and gave himself over. You know what Jesus did in the Garden of Gethsemane? The same thing Jacob did before he met Esau. 
You know there's a correlation there? You know that Jacob had a dream that same night, and that same night he saw, in that, in that moment, in the time of his life, actually, he saw a ladder, and he saw a ladder over him, and he saw angels ascending and descending upon him. Angels working on the ladder in his life. And then Jesus also said this. He said, from this point forward, when he spoke to the disciples, you're going to see the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. The same favor was there. The same operation of God's Spirit. Such a strong correlation. But Jesus' moment was he prayed in that garden and he said, Lord, he said, now give me the identity and the whole purpose of why you sent me in this world. And he pursued and went after it for what golly thank you jesus why did he pursue after the cross it wasn't so he could have peace with the brother it was so you and i could be reconciled to god think about that for a moment and he said in order for humanity to be reconciled back to God. Not only do I have to bless them, they're not going to walk the same. They're going to walk different. Not only are they going to walk different and walk in my ways, but I got to give them a name that's above every name. I, I got to give them a name that carries authority. I have to give them a name that when they mention my name, demons are, are afraid, scared off, intimidated by that name i've got to give them a name that when they pray for people people can be healed by that name are there anybody is there anybody in this place that has ever been healed by god if you've been healed by god super supernaturally i want you to raise your hand in this place honestly somebody needs to see this if you've ever received a miracle that's totally away from this this separates itself from logic raise your hand if you've ever had god do a miracle in your life if you've ever been delivered instantly, you didn't have to go to rehab. You didn't have to go through counseling sessions. If you've ever been delivered instantly, raise your hand in this place. Come on, how many of you have been delivered from things in your life? The things that stood between. You see, not everybody had an Esau, but somebody had something that stood between there and their full potential. And the only way you could have ever overcome that was simply by a new identity and a new change. Not becoming like everyone else in the world. Not like trying to find what's trendy. Not dressing like somebody else or dressed to impress. But you had to humble your hearts. And you had to simply get down on your knees. And you had to say, God, I've done it all on my own. I've accomplished a lot of things. But there's something missing in my life. I need a touch from you today, God. Change me. Reform me. Transform me. Give me a name that's above every name. You didn't know how powerful the name of Jesus was, did you? But it is the most powerful name you could ever have in your entire life. Somebody praise him right now. Our mission here at Covenant Life Center is to help our world live, give, and love like Jesus. If our ministry has impacted you in any way, we would love for you to email us at info at clcvictoria.org. You can get connected with us through our social media at CLC Victoria and download our app.